Before I hand you over to Nick, a quick apology. We recorded this episode a few months ago and we didn't realize there were some major audio issues with the mix, some distortion, etc. until much later. By then it was too late to re-record things. Um, so we decided that done is better than perfect, which is why my audio is a bit distorted and there's quite a lot of background noise in other people's because we didn't have the same separate tracks we would usually have used. Hope this doesn't get in the way of you enjoying it too much and we'll be back to normal with the next episode. Right then, Nick? We've listened to the Sugar Cubes. We've listened to the massive tunes Björk seemed to churn out effortlessly throughout the 90s. Today we enter the final stretch, which mostly seems to involve drifting through the ice flows of Björk's subconscious, accompanied by field recordings, guttural beats and tiny bells. Undertaking such journeys is the temporary fandom's remit, and with this podcast, you can travel with us. We dive into complete discographies, listening exclusively to the work and evolution of a single artist. You'll find this and all our previous episodes at tempfans.com, or wherever you usually get your podcasts. In the show notes, there's a Spotify link that takes you to a special playlist edit of the show that cuts the music we're listening to into the podcast. So, if you haven't tried that yet, I strongly recommend it. You can also find over a thousand like-minded listeners in our Facebook group, but we're never so like-minded that the conversation gets dull. Well, that's what I like to think. Decide for yourself as we embark on the final installment of our journey through the complete discography of Björk. Hello there, welcome back to Temporary Fandoms. Um, we are, well, I say knee-deep in the career of Björk. Um, if this is your first episode, stop, go back, then go back one more and catch the sugar cubes. And in the last episode, we talked about Björk's, I don't know, um, 90s, I guess, um, what some consider to be her, her breakthrough uh, and for some, creative peak. Um, and now we're going to move on to later Björk. Or as Nick, Nick, as you described it. Artie Björk. Artie Björk, fresh from. If you kind of, you know, do the, them both together, right? What, so what was the last one? To party Björk. Yes. Party Björk. <laughs> party to Artie, but hopefully not Artie Farty. Um, with, us, with us today, obviously, there's Nick. Hello. Um, rejoining us for the first time this season, but definitely not the first time on the pod, pod favorite and pod regular, Emily Baldoni. Hello. Hello, and Liam Maloney. Um, hey, Liam. Back again, yeah. Back again. Um, for those of if, if people who want a, a behind-the-scenes behind sort of thing, we haven't moved, basically. Some of us have just still still sitting here from like 20 minutes ago. Uh, a quick wee. I, yeah, yeah, I think we all are bluted. Um, I believe that's the word. If it's not, it works for me. Um, and we're going Such to... Power. Was that Go on. I was just going to say also, and somehow how Jeffrey uh, uh, turned into to me. It's <laughs> yeah. a quick change. Yeah. I'm, sitting, I'm sitting in the same seat that he was. But. <gasps> Meta! <laughs> <laughs> um, so, Liam, 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 um, what albums are we doing today? So, we left off with Vespertine in 2001, last episode. Um, this episode will bring us from that all the way up too disappointing date. Oh, is that too mean to say early on? <laughs> <laughs> I'm flatly showing my cards there. Spoilers. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, um, so we're going to come all the way up um, from Vespertine, or what happens after Vespertine, all the way up to date. So we're going to be dealing with her kind of really, there's hints of artiness in Vespertine, definitely, but then we get into medulla, medulla, however we're going to pronounce that, um, and the arty hits squarely round the chops. And then we have a bit of a maybe a hark back if we're going to continue this arty party thing we're maybe going to hark back to some of the party with Volta uh, a Volt then... face if you like oh <laughs> <laughs> sorry please continue <laughs> hey hey I'm, I'm slightly happy because in between last episode and this episode uh, I, I saw uh, an Instagram post from a uh, guest on other pods, uh, Sharia Moore, who described me as buoyant. So I'm going with buoyant. Joyous. <laughs> Liam, Liam, yes, so, please. So we're going to hit, um, yeah, hit Medulla, we're going to hit Volta, which is a bit of a party record, then we're back into deep art when it comes to Biophilia, which I can, I will rant about till the cows come home. Um, yeah. So just I uh, just gird your loins in preparation for that, I'd say. <laughs> Girded. Um, Girded. And then we're going to get into Bjork's midlife crisis, probably, with Vulnicura and Utopia, which is kind of a, a two-parter thing, arguably. Those two things sit really well together. I think they sit quite close in Bjork's mind as well and in what's going on in personal life. So, um, yeah, we're going to go all the way up from uh, Medulla to Utopia. Perfect. So, will it be utopic? <laughs> well, we will find out. Hopefully there's no spoilers giving away anybody's feelings. Um, <laughs> as you know, the next voice you are going to hear will be Liam talking us through what may not be his favourite set of albums. Uh, we'll find out. And we'll be back after this. Two thousand four rolls around and Bjork releases Medulla Medulla Medulla. Basically, here we get a handful of tracks that make some sort of sense with the rest of Bjork's previous canon, like Desired Constellation. Who is it? Could be normal Bjork tracks. However, we get into quite a different, quite new and unusual soundscape that we've not really come across in any of Bjork's other work, we've got this kind of quite dense sol like sonic palette full of voices, and only voices for the most part. And kind of from maybe the first track, The Pleasure Is All Mine, we start to understand just how slightly leaden and a little bit unwieldy this sonic palette is. There are some great standout tracks on this, who is it? Particularly the radio edit of that with all the bells is it's quite triumphant and quite uh, quite uplifting and quite beautiful. Oceana, again, a version was done with uh, Khalees for that. It's a great listen, but that in and of itself is a fun song and kind of takes you somewhere, takes you somewhere quite specific, i.e. underwater. And then maybe stuff like Mouth's Cradle or Triumph of the Heart are a little bit dancey occasionally. But songs like Ancestors and some of the ones that are written in Icelandic I, that I can't pronounce do feel incredibly, oh, quite, well, 
by the end of this record, it's starting to feel almost kind of Sisyphean. You're just lugging this brick of a record up a hill, and I don't know if the payoff is worth the effort, which is a shame to say. 